Oh, no divisions, you say. The SEC wants to be the ACC so bad. We're going to talk about how the SEC is doing away with divisions in 2024 compared to what we've got going on with our no division structure and who else in the Power 5 scheme may need to try this no division thing when it's all said and done. All of that on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack each and every day. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as subscribing to our YouTube channel so you can see our lovely faces and comment on our community section where you can give answer our polls that we do daily. We love growing our community. We appreciate our listeners. We always appreciate feedback. Five-star reviews is all we accept and good and positive comments. Good vibes only. On today's episode, we're going to talk through the SEC deciding that they are going to do away with divisions in 2024. It feels very familiar. Will the grass be greener in no division land? Will it be something that the Big Ten may want to consider and try? All of those things discussed here on today's show. Kenton, why does the SEC want to be the ACC so bad? I mean, here's the thing, right? I think that we need to understand great ideas come from all areas, all walks of life and all that. And this was ACC's crowning achievement, crowning idea here. Because divisions are objectively not smart. They're objectively not smart because, remember, for years we had Clemson and Florida State, and that was the de facto ACC championship game. The team that won that game was going to go to the ACC championship, and they were going to win the ACC. Well, at some point in time, somebody should have been smart enough to figure out, why do we keep letting these random coastal teams in? With, With all due respect, Some of those teams had no business, none, none. And so that's what we see. That's what we saw there. The SEC is realizing the same thing. Why would we give them, well, LSU, with all the turmoil that they went through last season, making the the, um, SEC championship, when you could have a rematch of Georgia-Bama, when you could have a, a, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, Georgia-Tennessee or whoever, you want the best teams playing, and that's that's the idea. You know, why do you want to see Purdue in the Big Ten Championship because you put Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State all on the same side? Knock it off. Get some help. Yes. Get some help. A hundred percent. So to give people an understanding what came out in today's SEC meetings, can you please explain what the new structure will be in 2024 for the SEC now that they've done away with divisions? For sure. So the ACC is going with a three, five, five model in terms of the, the pods and who teams are playing and all that. Um, the SEC is going with a three and six model in terms of they'll still each team will have their, you know, three rivals or whatever that they hold on to. But you'll have a, a random uh, randomly selected six at that point in time. Um, but you know, that's when they be five because it's not, I'm sorry, eight. three and five. Yeah, 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 I'm sorry. It's 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 a very similar situation there in terms of what they're doing and what the ACC is doing. I mean, in this regard, the ACC are the innovators, they're the first to do it, right? They're they're dapper Dan putting the, the double G's on everything and making Gucci a gaudy thing that everybody says, Oh, that's gross at first, and then. Everybody would have dressed like Dapper Dan. Everybody would have dressed like they're from Detroit in the 80s. That's how 
That's how these things tend to work out. And that's what the ACC has done here. They, The ACC did a great thing in getting rid of divisions, an absolutely amazing thing in getting rid of divisions. And naturally, just like with any other thing, it's a copycat league, they say in football, basketball, whatever, NBA, NFL, whatever you want to go. It's the same thing here for these conferences. It's a copycat game. These teams or these schools, no, these divisions or conferences are looking around and saying, well, why would we put on um, this terrible school against this school that's going to be a national championship, uh, national champion, when I could put on this team that's going to be a national championship and the team that's barely going to miss the playoffs if they lose this game? Yeah, I think it always boils down to follow the money. Like, what's going to get us more excited? A Bama-Georgia matchup, you know, a Clemson, and this year potentially Florida State matchup. I think it's like you follow the money, what's going to get you most ratings? Your ACC championship is going to be high-flying and one that's going to argue and make a case for whatever team eventually makes the college football playoff because I'm believing for one this year. I'm believing for at least one. But, but can I tell you this? Can sure. I tell you this? All of the teams from the weaker divisions – now all of y'all got an extra incentive like the world has never seen, right? The Big Ten West, the Coastal. Let's talk about the Coastal. And now I have, you have called me a Coastal hater. You have said that I have dressed the Coastal down on this show. Yeah. Well, well, Drake, if you're the top five pick, next 15 years of somebody franchising your hands, baby, it's time to roll. Graham Barton. Mr. Graham Barton, the Duke, if you're supposed to be one of the best taxes in the nation, Riley Leonard, if you're supposed to be one of the best, go show it. Go show Pitt, Phil, if going home is what you needed to do and that homecoming is going to end with an ACC championship to tell all the Atlantic teams, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Go for it. This is the year to make it happen. This is the year to show, oh, we just, us coastal teams weren't just some bottom feeders who only look decent because we went against each other a lot. We are here. We're going to make a statement. And again, that applies to all of these teams across all of the conferences. If you're in the SEC West, if you're in all, all of these different different things, all of these different places where they're saying, oh, you, y'all don't quite got it. If I'm a coach, I'm showing that to my team saying, okay, now they said that the ACC championship will be in the Atlantic for the next 15 years or whatever, because the only time we won one was in the midst of COVID, in the throes of COVID or whatever the case may be. That's They said that's the only time we won. So what are y'all going to do about it? Last time I checked, we we here in, in um, we here in Wahoo land, we're on the coast. We're, that's, that's what's going on. That's so, a terrible example, first of all. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I know that. I know. I, Virginia has a million things to say in terms of football that, that they coach can show. So, I'm just saying appreciate the sound off let's reel it back in you talk about how one person cannot be for a full team drake may can do all that he wants in this lifetime but if the carolina doesn't find a defense then they're pretty much speaking to the abyss i think that if clemson right now as it stands clemson and florida state would be mm-hmm. in the championship matchup i right. think that again it bodes well for where you follow the money who's going to bring the most excitement the most flash now if we're talking about a coastal team that could argue itself into the conversation maybe this is the year that mario figures it out miami could be that program because they have the dogs is it something that mike norvell if you emulate just giving it time and patience that mario can do with the hurricanes tyler van dyke is not a scrub quarterback that defense is still pretty sound last time i checked so if we're talking about a coastal team that can you know ruffle some feathers i certainly would put them in the conversation but that's my point is and that's the thing it's not about which coastal team it kind of is 
If you're a coastal coach, copy and paste. If you're Matt Brown, if you're Mario Cristobal, if you're Tony Elliott, if you're Pry and them are coastal too. No, Virginia Tech is no, yeah, Virginia Tech is definitely coastal, right? Help Jesus, yeah, they are. Yeah, so Virginia Tech, if you're pride, you got all see, of you're, y'all it's not got copy the paste same for certain. Thing. No, it's sorry to cut you off, but it's not. You know, it's not the same speech. I, I don't know why. I don't know why it'd be different. What do you I mean, Kendra, you, you, Kendra, course, you know? Okay. Of course, each team has their own things, right? Like Miami could say, "Now every year they tell us we got all these ball players, we got all these first rounders, we got all this, but we can't get it together." Of course. North Carolina could say, oh, everybody saying our defense ain't about it. They said in the offense, they know what they're going to do. Well, well, guess what? Offense, y'all still got to go prove it in defense. Well, let's show it. Show me something. Of course. Pry could say nobody believes in us to do anything. Pry and, and Elliot can both say nobody believes in us to do anything to piss a drop. Uh, Narduzzi could say, last time I checked, we were the men in these coastal streets. We were the one, last ones to win a championship out of the coastal. And nobody's given us a chance under God's renewal, they they said that, that believing in us is like believing in somebody to take on hell with a water gun. And last time I checked, the coastal when you got want to win a championship runs through pit. Every coach has a little different, but it can still be the same message of everybody thinks that you are nothing. Everybody thinks that you have no shot because the conference or the divisions have been eliminated. Let's go shock the world. You use that everybody term lightly, real too strong there. And also, maybe they had the gun that they have in hell is a bazooka. Who knows? Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. It's all that time. We know that as we're recording, the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat are battling in action. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet all of the playoff action than America's number one sports book. FanDuel.com slash locked on is there for you right now with a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel official sports betting partner of the NBA. Rock and roll with Kenton Gibbs here. We are talking through the SEC deciding to do away with divisions in 2024 and how all of that, you know, kind of triggulates because ACC is the standard, right? We get so much yeah. flack about the ACC. A lot of people talk about the fact that, you know, we don't, we pale in comparison and all the things. But at the end of the day, we tested some, we're testing something out in the present that eventually the SEC will catch on. Do we see this in 2025 for the Big Ten? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like you said, follow the money. Which matchup produces the most money, right? Well, what's the most viewed regular season game in college football nearly every year? Miami, Ohio, sorry, Michigan, Ohio State. Bada bing, bada boom. Who would have been the top two teams in the Big Ten last year? If they would have played, If the what would have been the conference championship if they would have said first best, second best team? What would the conference championship have been? Michigan, Ohio State. Bada bing, bada boom. You got the solution. Now, the only unfortunate part about that is, and this is only for that rivalry, is that they play the last game of the season every year, and then you could potentially see each other in the conference championship as well, which means you could see a couple years back-to-back of, like, the last two games of the season being that. But guess what? Who cares? Who? Nobody can get enough of that rivalry. And guess what? In the ACC – we're going to see some some fun things here as well. And well, I mean, I'd love to see that be the case. But, you know, I doubt it because Florida play, Florida and Florida State play last game of the season, regular season, correct? South Carolina and Clemson, last game of the regular season, um, every season. So 
the chances of us seeing that back-to-back thing, the ACC already worked that out. We already, you know what I mean? We already got that. Y'all can try to be us, but you ain't us, you know, that type. Hundred percent, and I mean, with the Michigan Ohio State action, not only would you play the last game of the season, you also could play in the championship, and then you also could face each other in college football playoffs. Now, the way it stands, and with us expanding to a 12, 12 gambit Russian roulette style, blast of the best, you know, all the things, that's even more likely. So, I'm wondering how you know you talk about injuries, guys giving their all in rivalry matchups and all of those fun things. How effective will it get watered down? Right, a Michigan Ohio State end of year, great potential championship, cool. At some point, all right, enough. Absolutely not. Um, mm. You are, and I'm not saying you as in Candace Cooper. If you're a fan and you believe that uh, any of these rivalries will be watered down because of that potential, you don't understand how deep some of these rivalries go, how deep some of the hatred goes between some of these fan bases. You do not understand. And and, and let me ask you this, right? Let's just say that NC State and um, UNC were in the last game of the season, regular season, they play each other, and then they go play each other in the conference championship. Do you think anybody in the state of North Carolina would be like, oh, this is gross. I did not want to see these two play back-to-back. It's going to be World War III in North Carolina, in Central North Carolina in particular. Everybody's going to have their battle lines drawn of the team that they're repping, because it's these rivalries, it doesn't matter if you have them back to back, especially when that second game, all the marbles are on the line. Everything. You playing for the big shebang. Oh, you better believe it, baby. There's there's nothing better in college football and this sports really than having these rivals go at it um in in with with everything on the line. More than pride. More than just it's it's like seeing uh, Duke and UNC in the Final Four a couple of years ago, where it was like, "Oh, this is Coach K's last stand," and da 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 da. It's more than just it. You can never get too much of it. It just means more. Hmm. All right, so oh, it was cool. I was specific? I was specifically saying more so like a third time's a charm type of thing, not championship game. I mean more of like, it should they make the college football playoffs and have to face each other in a one and four, two and three type of C type of deal? I think after the third go, it's like, all right, we get it, you know, whatever. Now on the same breath of that, how more likely are you as a committee? college football playoff committee to choose these teams after going head to head to head. Like, what are you seeing? What are you looking for? You know, each time they play, what is the difference necessarily? Like maybe there's a close one. Maybe there's a blowout. Maybe there are two really close ones. Like how do you gauge who deserves it? Is it simply going to come down to W's and L's? First of all, let me say this. I was a proponent of keeping the computers involved. I hated it from the moment that they got the committee together. Still hate it now. Still. Let's get that on record. But with that being said, of course, it's going to play in people's minds of like, oh, these teams played twice already and this team won both of those games, even if it was, well, this team won both of those games, but Drake May was hurt when they won both of the games. Or this team, you know, they they lost both of those games, but, you know, Henry was out when they when they played those games. It, it really, this is going to become a thing of with 12 teams in the mix. I mean, I would hope, I feel for the, the the committee to just say, play it as it lies, right? I just want to see the committee say the best teams are the best teams are the best teams in terms of what they've shown on the field, not best teams in terms of, well, I think that this team is better. I, even though they're a, a eight and four team, they have the talent to be, no, 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 play it as it lies. Who's performed best this season? Who's been the most cohesive best team this season? 
That's who I want to see go forward in the playoff. I don't give a rat's behind if the one seed had played the 12 seed multiple times or the, the six seed had played the whoever. I don't care how the matchups work. I don't want to have matchups that avoid rematches. I want to have seed this thing by who's the best, who's the worst, by what we've seen, and go from there. Well, it almost makes me go back to my point of follow the money of what was the TV ratings during each of these matchups. Is it something that we want to see more of? We know certain fan bases, certain networks, NBC, ABC, all the things. Are they? Is that market more likely to watch the station or do they have that available? You have, you know, things like ACC Network that are sometimes few and far between when you have to fight Comcast and like Bailey Sports and all that stuff. And so it's just very interesting as you talk about the human side of that committee versus the metrics and the numbers, how they'll eventually you know place these certain teams as our college football playoff expansion continues oh absolutely absolutely but again i just i want to reiterate the acc is the innovators we are the originators we are the ones who you know when when everybody else needed a way to go the acc said follow me i know how to generate some revenue i know how to get more eyeballs on your championship game if you tired of your director dancing all in the videos, having terrible teams out of one division in the, the conference championship, come to the divisionless side. And that's what these and that's what these conferences are now doing. All right. So as we bring this home here, clearly the SEC is following the wave of no divisions. The Big Ten certainly might be up next. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about trying to emulate the NFL. We're pretty much in that sort of state now. We're free agency in terms of NIL and transfers and playing right away and all the things. But, you know, can NFL has divisions. They do have, you know, these sort of things where they break it up. You play the same teams and all the like. Now, as we're looking into realignments, figuring out who's going to be the best of the best creme de la creme of joining, you know, certain uh, power five conferences. If there's even power five, when it's all said and done, could you see a world where we have an NFL style division in terms of just regional breakdowns and we just play one big championship for all the, or even a 12 team, a college football playoff and play for a national championship that way. I mean, that's, that's how it should be. But I will say this, the difference between the NFL in college football is the the gap every level of football you go down the gap in talent gets bigger so the worst nfl teams are realistically two to three players or really three to four plays away from having an entirely different season nine times out of ten what do you mean is, alabama alabama crimson tide can't beat the jacksonville jaguars I mean this very respectfully because I remember when people were saying that a few years ago and they were like, oh, the, the, the winless Browns could definitely get beat. I am I am ACC fans. I need y'all to understand this because this is very real. This is not a joke. This is not for kicks and go. There is not a, – a really good amateur is generally going to be a bad professional, okay? So what do I mean by that? If you look at most rookie of the year stats in the NFL, NBA, et cetera, you would see like, oh, that player might make an all-star game. They might not. That player might make the Pro Bowl. They might not. Probably not making an all-pro team. There's a reason for that, right? Mm -hmm. Like this. So with that being said, um, there the, the talent disparity is too big between the best and worst team. Uh, mm -hmm. I go back to that game where it was Georgia Tech Clemson. And uh, Travis Etienne had, I want to say it was like, seven or eight carries for 200 some odd yards. And most of them were between the tackles. Like that is objectively how bad 
the talent disparity can get from the best team to the worst team in a given conference. That's in a given conference. So with that being said, um, it's it's not the NFL. The NFL has divisions, sure, but the NFL also has a setup where every single player is objectively a professional. Every single player, or not every single player, but a majority of the players that you're seeing for a lot of the game, their kids probably won't have to work. Their kids will not have to work if you if they don't want them to type deal. Like that's that's the reality of what we're looking at. So it's a it's a different ball game than college. So how do we make it or get to a space? Is there even a space given how many teams there are in a power five level, given the fact that a lot of these, you know, revenue generating sports keep the lights on for these non revenue generating sports? And how do we avoid like really weeding out the non good teams or allowing them not have the same revenue types of opportunities for these top dogs here in the college football world. What do you mean by how do we weed them out? What do you mean? How do we avoid weeding them out in terms of like, okay, if you're a big 12 school, you're not as good as the Alabamas and Tennessees of the world. How do we not have this division or what does the world look like for the NFL? We we said it wouldn't work. What does it look like for college football that's trying to emulate a similar NFL experience? Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. So I... I mean, I think that they've got the right answer with conferences just without divisions. Because, I mean, objectively, within a within a conference in the NFL, there's only – or within a, a – so each conference, NFC, AFC, you have the different divisions inside of there. So, yes, you do have a situation where a 7-9 and nine team can get into the playoffs and a 10-6 to six team is at home. Because, yes, that's possible. But that's – excuse me, that's the exception, not the rule. That's not like the – average every day like hey this is just what it is and again even if you look at the difference between a a 7 and 10 and 10 and 17 nine times out of 10 you could say if three kicks go five feet to the right or five feet to the left that team those teams just switch positions in terms of what they had on the season so that's it's generally not the same for college right you don't look at virginia tech last year and say oh man they were three plays away from having the same season as Clemson last year. Yeah. You're objectively not telling the truth there. Like that's, that's objectively what's going on. So, I mean, I, I think that leaving it how it is, letting it, you know, playing it as it lies at the moment, I think they've come up with the best system that they can find for, for the time being and let the good times roll with that. Certainly. Well, I think it's going to be a very interesting season. The ACC certainly is the divisionless guinea pig and how it sort of irons itself out. Could there be some upsets because, you know, we sort of bottom feeder feeder ourselves here in this conference where we pop up with a Georgia Tech upsetting a Clemson or, you know, a Virginia Tech upsetting uh, NC State or something like that. Things that don't normally happen come out of the blue, messes it up for everybody, ruins all the fun. Will it work? I don't know. I think it'll be fun to see and see how it transpires for the SEC and eventually the Big Ten, Big 12, and Pac-12. Will we all still be here when it's all said and done? Who knows? I I think the biggest thing, though, for me personally, is you're giving every team a chance to play your way in, period. No team can argue it's unfair to get rid of divisions because guess what? Everybody Everybody has an equal opportunity to play your way in now. It's not a situation where it's like, all right, of these six teams, somebody got to go, okay? Well, well, when you talk about our model, like some schools have to you know, play the harder schools every single year. 
yeah. in order to fight their way in. And what about <laughs> it? What about it? you got to play those harder schools? Oh, I feel so bad. For, become a harder school. Become one. That's that's your task now. Congratulations. Do it. Do the thing. It's giving big, big former athlete vibes. Here you receive, receive. Basically, suck it up, buttercup. Got it. Got Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Tell the kitty when the milk went dry. You better figure it out. Y'all better find a way to look at each other and say, hey, you know, we got to play Clemson and Florida State every year. Oh, man, that's so tough. On the, oh, well, become Clemson. Become Florida State. If you And this is what I want to tell people who are like, oh, my God, these dynasties are infallible and they'll be great forever. We literally just saw, we literally just saw Florida State not be good for, a, a what was it, six years-ish? Sure. Six, like, what are we doing here? Clemson, if you go back about 15 years, they are not the Clemson we know today. Clemson, when Taj Boyd stepped on that campus, is not this Clemson. They will not be good forever. Boston College will not be bad forever. Virginia football will not be bad forever. All of these teams, Syracuse, NC State, UNC, none of you will be who you are forever. Go out there and be the better team if you want that championship. And if not, congratulations. You'll continue to languish in mediocrity or poverty and never winning. Congratulations. And let me not use poverty so loosely. You'll be stuck in a poor record. <laughs> you'll be stuck in a poor record. I, I don't like all the teams, poverty, t- but you'll be stuck in, in, in bottom feeder mode for a long time if you choose not to fix it. Everybody's right. got a shot now. Sure. Let's not weep for conferences who make $600 million and spread exactly. it evenly. So I think exactly. they'll all be fine at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot to cover here in this offseason. As a reminder, it is June, so we got three episodes a week. And we want to make sure that you catch up on all of our latest. We have a whole playlist on YouTube where 2023 football schedules get you ready for what will be a really fun ACC kickoff. You can know and figure out what these team schedules are. We will do full, okay, here it is, maybe short burst episodes of this is Clemson, this is Boston College, this is Pitt. We'll remind you of what you should look forward to as you head into the season and prepare you in a correct way. If you want to talk about recruiting and, of course, you know the different lineup changes that are happening in the college basketball world as more teams. We saw Judah Mintz decide he's going to come back to Syracuse, praise God. He knew better. Now he knew better, right? We saw a bunch of guys decide that they were going to pull their names right out of that hat. So we'll talk about that coming in the rest of the week. So make sure you catch up on all of our episodes. We love the feedback on YouTube. We love the feedback on our Apple pods and Spotify. So we just really appreciate y'all for holding it down with us in this off season and thanking, thanking you for allowing us to take a little, little breather here and there, but we'll certainly still bring you good and explosive content as well as our community page. So make sure you check out our polls each and every time that we drop an episode. For Candace Cooper and Kenzie Gibbs, we hope you have a great and safe weekend until next